0: The U.S. Supreme Court should strike down the HHS hospital abortion so-called guidance. We're going to be talking about this on Faith and Freedom. I'm Matt Staver, founder and chairman of Liberty Council. Joining me is Holly Mead.
1: You know, it's so tragic, Matt, that the Biden administration just wants to have blood on its hand in killing innocent children. And here's an example of that.
0: What's sad is that we have an administration and, of course, the department agency heads, have been appointed by Joe Biden that reflect his radical ideology. And
1: then you have Becerra. We know all about Becerra. (laughs) Yeah,
0: that's carrying out this devious evil to do whatever they can to kill children. Hmm. And this is a prime example of it. The U.S. Supreme Court recently granted review of a case of an emergency request following uh, regarding uh, Idaho allowing Idaho to enforce its near total abortion ban in hospital emergency rooms which temporarily denies a Biden administration effort to force hospitals to perform abortions the court agreed to hear oral arguments in the case of Idaho versus the United States in April 2024 and will decide whether the Biden administration's new so-called guidance of a 1986 federal law requires abortions in certain emergencies and thus supersedes Idaho's law that criminalizes most abortions in the states. Liberty Council will file an amicus brief in that case before the U.S. Supreme Court.
1: You know, I would want to make up a new rule, Matt, and anytime there's a court hearing regarding abortion and pro-life Um, laws that they should have to have a newborn child in the courtroom Mm -hmm. and show that newborn child and say, do you really want to give the right to kill this innocent child? Do you really want to do that? You know,
0: shockingly, I think some people would say yes. Uh, And that's kind of the the evil uh, that, you know, some of this policy politics has devolved to. You know, Idaho's Defensive Life Act was enacted in 2020 and took effect when the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade in June 2022. The law mandates and makes it a felony for doctors to perform an abortion unless it is necessary to save the life of the mother. Soon after the Roe decision was overturned, Secretary of the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Xavier Becerra, in the Biden administration issued a so-called policy guidance to hospitals stating that the Emergency Medical Treatment and Active Labor Act of 1986 preempts state abortion laws and requires doctors to perform abortions under a broader set of exceptions than just to preserve the life of the mother. Under the uh, 1986 federal law, Medicare-funded hospitals are required to provide necessary emergency care To pregnant women without discrimination and to others, but certainly pregnant women without discriminations, even if they cannot pay. So the real question, however, is do emergency rooms treat patients or do they stabilize patients? Mm -hmm. And emergency rooms are not designed to treat patients. They are designed to stabilize a patient so that that patient can either be admitted to the hospital where a doctor would be assigned to them and that doctor would treat the patient, or they would be discharged to go home and they would go to their own doctor or they would be able to you know, function in life because whatever condition they came in for was stabilized. The emergency room is not a place of treatment, it's a place of stabilization. And that's what this law is about. And that's what these emergency rooms are required to do, is to stabilize a patient but not to provide ongoing treatment to that person.
1: Right. But you know, the underlying key here, and we've spoken with Dr. William Lyle, who is a board certified obstetrics in gynecology and delivered many, many babies, in fact, saved many babies from the abortion pill as well. But he said the goal in treating a pregnant woman is always, always to preserve the lives of both the mother and and her unborn baby when possible. He said that it's the delivery of the baby that cures the mother's condition, not the stoppage of baby's heart and the killing of the baby that helps the mother. So the doctor's mission is always to deliver the baby as well as save the mother.
0: You really have two patients. Mm -hmm. And that's what Dr. Lyle has said. And, you know, under the uh, law, this uh, federal law, the Emergency Medical Treatment and Active Labor Act, it does not mention abortion. No. But Secretary Becerra interpreted the law as including abortion if the woman's physician believes abortion is the stabilizing treatment necessary.
1: Well, you know, he takes money from Planned Parenthood, so he's always out there waving pom-poms for them. So he's all about pushing abortion.
0: Yeah, so he argued that this uh, guidance that he just did on his own through the rulemaking process, it's not something that was passed by Congress. The actual law was passed by Congress, but it doesn't mention abortion, and it wouldn't cover these things. But he gives his own gloss on it, his own interpretation through the so-called guidance. And he says now this guidance actually preempts any of the state laws. So really what he's wanting to do, Holly— is in states like Idaho, where you have these pro-life states where they pass these pro-life laws, he's wanting to turn these emergency room facilities into abortion clinics and to keep abortion into these states, even though the states say no to abortion.
1: This is all about greed, Matt. There's so much greed involved in this.
0: Well, in August of 2022, a U.S. District Court judge blocked Idaho's abortion ban, stating it was more narrow than the federal law by only including imminent health threats and excluding other serious uh, emergencies. A three-judge panel at the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals briefly overturned that decision, stating that Even if the EMTALA does not preempt Idaho's law, its exemption for life of the mother was sufficient to keep the laws out of conflict. However, the full Ninth Circuit Court disagreed and quickly reversed that ruling, upholding the district court's block of the law, which set up the Supreme Court's decision recently. And of course, now there's a conflict because there's a previous decision from the Fifth Circuit, regarding a Texas law mm-hmm. that found this guidance uh, was violating the Constitution and violating the authority of the HHS uh, exceeding its authority. So that one went one way. This one went another way with a divided opinion. The Supreme Court has jumped into the case.
1: But you see the greed involved here? I mean, he is so desperate to keep abortion unlimited that he'll read it into a law.
0: Yeah. And that's uh, that's the sad thing about this administration, where you have a government that's actively working every day to continue the bloodshed of innocent children. You know, the high court's decision to take this case comes just days after a ruling, as I mentioned, in a nearly identical dispute in Texas, where the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals ruled that the Biden administration cannot use this federal law to override Texas's Near-total abortion ban and forced Texas doctors to perform abortions in Texas versus Becerra. Three-judge panel of the Court of Appeals called the guidance unlawful and unanimously upheld a lower court ruling that struck down uh, the guidance. So this particular issue is is very critical. Uh, there's another ruling that came out from a circuit judge, uh, Judge Kurt Engelhart. He determined that this federal law does not discard the unborn child during a life-threatening medical emergency, and he noted that the law requires hospitals to, quote, stabilize both the pregnant woman and her unborn child, close quote.
1: Just like I mentioned earlier, Dr. Lyle said the object is to save both patients.
0: And that's exactly what this other lower court judge ruled. Judge Hinglehart in this other case also said, quote, we agree with the district court that the EMTLA does not provide an unqualified right for the pregnant mother to abort her child, especially when that law imposes equal stabilization options. So it does not, he goes on to say, mandate treatments, let alone abortion care, nor does it preempt state law. As you mentioned already, Dr. Lyle is a very highly qualified Mm -hmm. uh, OBGYN. And what you're really dealing with, number one, is two patients. So you can't choose one to Save one and kill the other,
1: right? And doctors take an oath to first do no harm. That is their oath. So any doctor that adheres to that, who should adhere to that, would would agree. The object is always to save both patients,
0: right? And in in fact, what we're not talking, we're not even talking about saving the mother. We're talking about just a mother wanting to kill the baby, but her life is not in danger. Under this basera guidance, you'd have to kill the child when it's not even necessary to save the life of the mother. But you've got two patients. Number one. And one of those patients is the unborn child. So you can't just simply discard that patient, as Judge Englehart wrote. But also, again, the law requires patients to be stabilized, not to be treated. And stabilization is not killing the child. We're going to file a brief on this case. Continue to pray for this country to return to a foundation respecting human life, lc.org. You've been listening to Faith and Freedom, brought to you by Liberty Council. We hope that we have motivated you to stand up for your faith, family, and freedom. Visit Liberty Council's website at
1: lc.org.